0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, and today I'm bringing on Lorena Ashmore from Dear Lash Love. She's also got her own podcast called Beauty Biz BFFs, and you guys can check that out. But today we're talking about just her lashing journey, how she manages her time, and all the cool things that she's got going on. She's going to be speaking at my conference, uh, Lash Boss Conference, in September. On the 26th and 27th, she does have a discount code for you guys if you did want to save 25% on your ticket. It's Lorena, so L-O-R-E-N-A, and you'll save 25%. And there is, right now, I think there's 48 speakers exactly. So basically, the conference will be where um, you log on and you can either watch all of the presentations in order or you can click on them individually and watch them on your own pace, on your own time. And so, yeah, I'm really excited. It's the first annual Lash Boss Conference. I will be having this an in-person conference, obviously, after uh, all this dies down. But yeah, for now, it's virtual and I'm really excited to be organizing it for you guys for right now, uh, let's hop into Lorena's lashing journey. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode without further ado. Here is Lorena. All right, Lorena, welcome to Lash Boss Radio. Hi, thank you for having me virtually. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm very excited to hear everything you have to say. So let's just get started with your background in the industry, how did you get started
1: doing lashes? Oh my gosh, it feels like it was so long ago, but also just yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. I <laughs> I mostly grew up in San Diego and I, I fell in love with doing eyebrows and skincare when I went and actually just, I went and got my brows done by this girl and she loved like what she was doing and she just seemed happy with her job. And she kind of like throughout the appointment convinced me, I think without even realizing it to go to esthetician school. So I was 26 at the time, and I just really had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew it had to be something creative. And so once I realized that, that going to, you know, school to learn about skin and brows and lashes was a thing, I was totally hooked. So I signed up pretty, pretty soon after and got my license. I worked at a hair salon for a while as a receptionist so I got like a lot of back end, you know, experience in customer service and worked in restaurants my whole life. So I feel like a lot of women and, you know, men in the industry have worked in restaurants and I feel like it's just like customer service, it's all kind of connected. So, I Somehow got introduced to lashes and I really can't remember how, but the idea of my clients having to come back every few weeks to get their lashes done was kind of a no brainer for me. So I, I took a class on that. And then, you know, I was slowly building clientele out here in LA I'd moved out here for like a you know change of pace and I was just really really new into the industry and I and lashes were were actually very new back then as well so Mm -hmm. I somehow had to convince my clients like hey trust me I'm gonna put these you know false extensions on your own lashes with adhesive it's totally safe like it's gonna be fine I'm not going to do facials anymore, so you have to come for me for lashes and most of my clients did, and that was back in two thousand fifteen and from there, it just kind of like it just kind of took off i did i took clients full time doing lashes and and then I got into the apparel because I didn't have anything to wear to work.
0: <laughs> yeah, your stuff is so cute, and I just love I love how like your story just came about kind of organically it just it sounds like you just kind of kept following what you wanted to do. And then it happened to be that you started a whole apparel line that everyone loves out of that. So. I think it's
1: like, it's important for people to realize that there's you, there's so many different like roads you can take. And my story I think is a lot like other people's where I just kind of really didn't know what I wanted to do and then tried a bunch of things to see what would stick. So I, it's not like I graduated high school and then like went right into skincare or right into lashes. It took me a while, took me, you know, until I was 26, 27. And then I wasn't really fully booked until I was probably 30 and I'm now 35. So I just think it's like, it's an important reminder that, you know, I think people see things happen so quickly on social media, but mm-hmm. it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time and especially to find your thing and to get good at something, whether that's lashes or you know, creating a product. Yeah, it just it it takes it takes time. So
0: a lo- I love asking people about just any bumps in the road or struggles that they faced. Can do any come to mind like just with your
1: lashing journey? Mm, I mean in the beginning it was not knowing why their lashes weren't staying on (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so much trial and error, you know, checking the humidity in the room and speeding up my technique and, you know, just, I think retention issues, uh, so many artists can relate to that because there's, there's so many factors. And
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think realizing that it's usually human error and not, like it's yeah. usually the technician's error right. was a little bit like disappointing, but um, just those like every day, to, those day-to-day struggles that every other lash artist goes through, you know, not, not being booked solid one day and just like kind of sitting around and feeling discouraged. And then mm-hmm. you know, of course, like coming, when I came up with my shirts, like printing shirts that didn't, didn't do well, or people didn't like, or the size was off or, you know, investing money that I had saved in like, I wanted to do socks and I printed these socks and they were hideous and I couldn't sell any of them. So just, I mean, just, just things like that. And I think just balancing everything people can Mm -hmm. relate to that too. Just the struggle of balancing like your personal life and your business.
0: Yeah, for sure. Going back to what you just said, actually about the whole user error thing. Every time I'm on like a lash forum, I still see people that maybe are having retention issues, but don't want to think that it's their fault. A lot of times they're trying right. to start a conversation, like to blame their client. And do you think that when artists come to the realization or it's almost like a humbling experience yes. to realize like that it could be you, like, do you think that that's one of the steps they have to take in order to kind
1: of like level up? I mean, I think you have to take that step with, with anything, whether it's lashing or, you know, starting your business is like being humble and, and taking the good and the bad. And it's, uh, it doesn't feel good when, you know, I remember there was, everyone has that, or most artists have that streak where the clients are coming in you know, a lot quicker than they normally do or a lot sooner. And you're like, what is going on with their lashes? And Mm -hmm. quite honestly, like looking back, it was most definitely me, but no one wants to admit that. So I think you really have to, you lashing is a lot, is a lot harder than people. I think we don't get enough credit for being lashed, I think, you know? And so I, looking back, I realized I didn't, I really didn't know it all. And I still don't. And that's, Probably why I I mean we'll talk about it later, but why I just ended up like backing slowly out of the treatment room because I realized it wasn't like I wasn't addicted to it like I used to be. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think there's so much to learn and to continue to learn in the lash industry. And the first thing is really admitting that you don't know it all. For sure, yeah.
0: So I, I saw that you just moved your your bed out and you were having some feelings about that. Yeah. What made you, I guess, hang on to it for so
1: long? Oh, that was that was tough for me. So I've been lashing for you know five years, Mm -hmm. and then I started the apparel side of my business. So I basically kind of had two businesses, and I was doing lashing full time, and then also running this online business and doing the social media and the website and you know the the packaging of the orders and trying to grow both businesses. And it was really really hard for me, you know, and you're trying to have time for your family and your friends. And I just, the more I got into the, my online business, it just kind of pulled me away from my clients. I just started kind of giving up like a day here, a day there. Mm -hmm. And really I wanted more free time. And the whole point of selling products online is that it's passive income. So you can make it while you're sleeping. That's why I started Selling T-shirts is. I really wanted to sell something online so that I wouldn't have to be in my treatment room all the time. Mm-hmm. And the goal was to not be in the treatment room. I mean, I just didn't see a lot of la- longevity in it for me personally. So once it kind of got to that point where it was the online thing was kind of taking off, I realized I I needed to put more effort into it for it to grow. And yeah. I just was burnt out. I just I couldn't take my clients and then switch gears and try and you know, get on social media and engage with people and engage with my customers. And I just was like, I was just really spread too thin. So as much as I love lashing and I love talking about it, I just, I had to pull out and then I ended up injuring my neck too. So that kind of actually forced me out, (laughs) but it was tough because I just, I felt like that was what brought me to this place and I didn't Mm want to give it up or, uh, seem like, make it seem like I thought, you know, that I, it's so dumb thinking about it, but just the insecurities of being a woman like, oh, I don't want people to think that I think I'm too cool to, to lash or that yeah. I don't know how to lash or all the things that any normal person would think about. I was thinking about like, am yeah. I stupid to give up the money? And these are questions that a lot of people listening probably have too. Of Like if they're trying to juggle too many things, like you, one has to go, I had to give it up. Um, but I still love talking about it, and I still have my my hands in it, and i my passion really is like supporting other artists mm-hmm. and that's what I've kind of always done, and I realized I just need to do more of that. so I'm not here to and I've never been here to share like lashing techniques my my way of of working has always been focusing on other people and like you know building other people's businesses up so yeah I had to pull nice. out <laughs> <laughs> so
0: you you also a form of like supporting artists is through your podcast too.
1: How is that going? The podcast has been great that's that was like an a natural you know next step was I felt like I was talking about the stuff all day all all night. You know, constantly messaging people, them asking for advice, and I wanted to give so much more, and I just didn't. Again, didn't have the energy. So, mm-hmm. my business partner Casey, who I do the podcast with, she was kind of having the same thing happen with her. She's in the skincare industry, so we just figured we would join forces and and share. And so we record that every week. And again, it's like tapping into that passion of mine. Is like I really, I really do enjoy helping other women like grow their businesses, whether it's in social media or just, you know, getting more organized or just motivation. That's, that's really what I enjoy.
0: Yeah, for sure. And even doing the podcast, it can be a lot too. Like it's, it's not just recording it and putting it out. Like, I don't know if you guys do your own editing or anything, but
1: it is a lot. It is. I mean, you know, you're, you do all your own editing, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. So I think people don't understand, like, it's a lot of work and to keep up with it. It's mm-hmm. not easy. That's why a lot of people try to do it and then they stop. It's, it's a lot of time and energy. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a great way to get your brand or your business out there. If you have something else that you need to promote. Um, yeah, and I, and I always like to tell people about like, whether it's a whether it's a podcast or a blog or a newsletter like find another outlet that you can share share your business on Absolutely. whatever works whatever works for you for me it's instagram is really heavy but i've also been adding you know b- blog posts and then the podcasts and so i always tell people to like get your content out on as many platforms as you can
0: yeah for sure so how often do you think Well, actually just with your, like your own stuff, like how, how much do you spend on social media or like, can you just go through some like time
1: management scenarios or like what a typical day looks like? So now that I'm, I've kind of got full reign of my schedule, it's, it's been pretty amazing. I break everything up into days. So, you know, Mondays is my day that I come in at the beginning of the week when I'm pretty fresh. And I go through kind of like a recap of the week before, like, what was I talking about? What do we need to talk about? Uh, What do I need to share on the blog? What newsletter should be going out? I try to work, I try to work like a week ahead. So I know for a lot of people, it's, it's kind of hard to be, to plan too far in advance. So I like to keep it at like one to two weeks (laughs) uh, for short term projects. And I'm in social, I'm on my social media, you know, throughout the day, throughout the week, but I really try and keep it to a minimum. So when I'm up, I'm doing a couple videos and then I'm like checking my emails and then I get to my office and I do some videos and then in the evening I do some, but then I stop. So I'm really, I'm not, it looks like I'm on Instagram all the time, but I'm not, I'm really strategic about it. I think nice. it's important to be efficient with that. Like you don't want to just be taking videos all day long and you're not actually getting anything done. So mm-hmm. I really try to be quick. And then I, I really try to do one blog post a week. And I know that's a lot of women I've been talking to lately are like, Oh, that's so overwhelming. But you'd be surprised. Like if you were to get out a piece of paper and write down all the things that you know about there, there's a lot of stuff that your clients mm-hmm. don't know that they want to know, or that they could learn from you. So it's a It's a great way to to take that that uh information that you have in your stored in your brain and put it into a blog. So I've been working on that and I like to just batch things. I like to batch things and group them together. So for instance, like a day like this, I'm recording this podcast with you. I took two other Zoom calls before you. So I'm just sitting in front of the computer and I'm banging them out like that, and then I'm done. Um, that works better for me. I'm able just to like use one part of my brain efficiently. And then I know that I'm done for the day. So nice, yeah. I guess a tip would be to just categorize things that are similar together. So I give myself one creative day to kind of just play around on the computer, make graphics, check out my blog, kind of see what's going on out there. And then, you know, I give myself another day for like admin stuff or coming up with new ideas. And then give yourself a day for your clients however however many days you need, but really put your focus into one thing at a time
0: so I find it so interesting that like people can work like that like batch work for some reason. I can't do that like really? not someone yeah i'm I don't even know how do you what, work what's your style honestly, like it's so hard to know that now because like now that I'm a mom, I'm just like trying to fit it in whenever yeah, I can but like. I think that I, honestly, I try to do a little bit of everything, like all scattered out. And I think that's what gets me so a little, like everything kind of feels a little bit chaotic, but I I get it all done.
1: That's how I work though, too. So I get it. Yeah.
0: Like I get it done, but I just don't feel that great all the time. I just always constantly feel like, I don't know, but I, I can't, I don't know. I think I've tried doing what what you described, like this day is for this, this day is for that. And for some reason, I just, I think I find my my own like way is just in chaos somehow. I don't really know. I
1: mean, I can relate to that because like I'm a pretty chaotic person by nature. So giving myself some structure, it definitely freaks me out a little bit. And if Mm. I feel forced to do something, I don't like to do it. Yeah. So they're like loose things, but I know like, okay, for instance, if I'm doing a photo shoot, I don't do anything else that day. That's it. Nice, because I yeah. know the brain power that I have to give for that. That's what's changed is before I would like take clients and then I would, then I would give myself a break and then I'd go take, do a photo shoot. And then I would come back and I'd check emails. Like that's the stuff that's changed, but I don't really, I don't work well on a tight schedule. Mm -hmm. I'm not a super type A person at all. I, so I somehow managed to get it done, but I I totally get where you're coming from because (laughs) I'm kind of like that too. And I go in spurts where I'm like on it and I'm super crazy creative. And then there's a week where I don't want to do anything. And I've kind of just learned uh, that that's okay, and just to kind like that's my personality, and and I don't I don't want to change it, and I shouldn't. So yes, I think especially in this industry, it's like so many of us are creative, and we're we're thinking at all hours of the day. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of structure as best as I can for myself, but I also realize that I don't like I don't like being on a schedule. That's why I work for myself. Mm-hmm. So um, some days are are not productive, and some days are crazier than others. But I at least like knowing. That my days are broken up in, for specific things actually does help, and then the day can be whatever I want it to be, but I know that Tuesday I have to record all day, and that's it. and mm-hmm. then Wednesday yeah. when is when I help other people and do zoom calls and do you know a record for a podcast, and that's it, and that really does help. So you should try that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that does seem like something I need to do for sure.
1: And you don't have to do a schedule within that day. It can just be like, okay, this day is off limits. Yeah. Yeah, you're
0: right. So California, I think was shut down much longer than the rest of the States. How yeah. was it like three months for you guys or three and a half?
1: Yeah, it was since March. I had to get a disc replacement March 5th and it basically shut down. I'm pretty sure it was two days after that. Wow. Um, and then where I'm at, well, I'm in LA we just like kind of barely reopened, but I actually just read something on this girl's Instagram that said Los Angeles County has, I don't want to butcher it, um, has more cases of coronavirus than any other County in the U S as of Wednesday morning. Oh my gosh. Which I believe, I mean, we have so many people here, so it's, oh, it's man. kind of like looking at Instagram, people were eager to get back and especially in my area. But for me, I was like, God, but we're, we have so many people. It's like, it's a kind of a different, I know it's like a case by case, you know, mm-hmm. for each city. And I just feel like LA is different and should be held to a different standard. Mm-hmm. So it's scary.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just unimaginable everything that's happened. I remember actually, so you're friends with Paul and Tessany, right? Yeah. So I texted them. I think it was in March, maybe. No. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. March something. And I was like, Hey, Paul, I'm just trying to gauge like what it's like over there right now. Cause it hasn't really hit Austin and like, hasn't really been in Texas yet. So yeah. I'm just seeing like what, like if, if you think that this is going to go everywhere. And he sa- he said to me, Oh, this is for sure going to affect everyone. Like it's gonna be everywhere. And I was like, I hope he's wrong about that. And sure enough, like maybe a week later, we had a bunch of cases and it just got so much worse from there. So with that being said, I'm just curious, like what like what all changed with your business during that time, like with the with Paraline?
1: Yeah, I mean, well. So I was, had the surgery, so I actually didn't know that I wasn't going to come back to do lashes. So I had clients that were like, okay, well, when you recover, like, let me know. And I was like, oh God, okay. I was dreading it because I just didn't feel, I'm like, how can I go back after having like titanium put in my neck? Just, it just felt weird. And so I was kind of just like, just dreading that process of going back and then everything shut down. And then I was like, okay, maybe this is my way out. You know, this Mm -hmm. is maybe fine. But I was definitely, of course, panicked because my customers are all lash artists and every lash artist was out of work. Yeah. So it didn't really kick in because I was obviously recovering from my neck at first, but then it didn't kick in that like, oh, sh-, like my business could crumble mm-hmm. right now um, until maybe a two weeks after I was fully recovered, where I kind of was like more coherent. And I just remember being all of a sudden like getting hit with a wave of anxiety of like, wait, okay, not only am I not taking clients again, um, which was my backup income, mm-hmm. but now all the people that buy my clothes are out of work. And I just felt really sad. And I was like sitting I was trying to type a newsletter on my p- patio and just crying because I was like, this is, this is not good. Like mm-hmm. for so many reasons, but I felt like my business was directly going to be affected. And for sure it went in waves, but I will say like my community and my customers and these people that have now become my friends have really supported my business throughout the whole entire experience. And so I feel like it's like a two-way two-way street, like it's a really solid relationship. Like I'm able to help them how I can and they they buy my t-shirts. And so I got really lucky with that. But as far as clients, I mean, I just watching people kind of scramble, but then also on the flip side, get, get so creative. And I hate to use that word because I feel like it's so played out now, but Mm -hmm. watching girls like, and women, you know, start selling online or start realizing maybe my website doesn't look the way I want it to, or should I do my Instagram different? Why, why don't I change my logo? I've been wanting to. So that to me was definitely inspiring to see. And I got to work with so many women that yes, they weren't lashing, but they were able to finally work on the parts of their business that they kind of put on the back burner. I think a lot of lash artists are in there hustling, they're focused on their clients and then the other things kind of fall off to the side. So from what I saw, it seemed like a lot of people were just kind of stepping it up, which was really, really encouraging and inspiring. But you know, also a ton of people are struggling. Yeah. And I think realizing, whoa, I put my eggs all in this one basket. Yeah. And now I don't have them anymore. So, hopefully this episode is will kind of like inspire people to think about a product that they've been wanting to sell and it doesn't need to be something grandiose. It doesn't need to be your own creation that you've, you know, like researched and developed. It can also be someone else's product that you really love and that you're really good at selling. And I've done both. So it's possible to make really great money selling other people's products and then also make money selling your own. But I think it is key to businesses these days. Everything is, you know, online now. So if you are taking clients, you better have an option for something online that they can also buy from you.
0: You know, I I I saw something that was saying it said basically which businesses came up during, um, like recessions or just moments like this. Yeah. Obviously we've never had something this terrible, but I think for a little while, everyone was so depressed almost or like panicked at first. Yeah. And then we all, st- we all like looked around and were like, okay, wait a second. Like I'm a I'm a business owner, like this is what I do is innovate and get creative. Yeah. And and a lot of us did step up and and from that point kind of didn't let this get us down. And thankfully a lot of us are busy right now just from being open again. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second wave was kind of scary too, but I I think that now a lot of us have learned a lot of good lessons from it. So if anything, that's one positive thing that's come out of it.
1: For sure. I do think there's a lot of positive that's come from it. And it sounds so cheesy, but like everybody had to hit the brakes and kind of reevaluate. You were forced to.
0: Yeah. And it really exposed people too. Like it showed you, like if you didn't have cash reserves, if you didn't have like your emergency fund, like it it exposed everyone and you really got to, everyone got broken down. And I think that's a good thing sometimes.
1: Absolutely. And that's something too, that i would share a little bit is that, you know, I've always kind of from day one set aside money. That's just, I was never good at saving money. I did bottle service years ago mm-hmm. and made more money than I'd ever made in my life. I mean, probably more, but it just is it insane. And I didn't mm-hmm. save a dollar and I really wish that I would have, like, I do regret that. And so making, coming into this industry, realizing how, how fast you can make cash. I made it a point to just put aside a little bit of money and just like open up a retirement account and open up a savings account. And I'm not a money person, but it's always a goal of mine to pay myself first, meaning like save some first. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people underestimate the power of saving and a lot of women out there and men aren't saving what they should be. Yeah. So Hopefully totally. kind of a wake up call. You know, I always say whatever you make, cut it in half and put half away because you're either going to get taxed on it. You're going to have to pay for, you know, course or supplies and then yeah. take the other half for yourself. And that goes towards like your bills and you know, whatever else. So, yeah. um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we all just start saving a little bit more yeah definitely That's really what an emergency fund is for, you know yeah. for this this exact time period.
0: Mhm- exactly. and I think a lot of us who are filling out constantly all of the grant applications or or things like that, like we got so caught up in in that and not like looking at ourselves and like what can I change like how can I pivot in and just yeah. create more like streams of revenue during this time? and a lot of people were selling strip lashes or like making their own strip lashes and aftercare products and growth serum. And our clients bought a ton of that stuff, but it wasn't until I like got off of like stopped being sorry for myself that I actually could
1: do it. Yeah. Same. I mean, (laughs) uh, Borbaletta came out with a serum at the perfect time and I was selling it like, like it's hotcakes. Oh yeah. That
0: stuff works really good. We have it it at our salon. It really
1: does. When I got my extensions off, I just, my lashes were very, they were little stubs and I actually do have really good natural (laughs) lashes. So I was pretty, pretty upset to see them like that. And Mm -hmm. I've used lash serums before, but not, not enough to notice a difference or to even care. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to like commit to this serum and see if it really works. And it freaking works.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's hormone free. Like it doesn't have like prostaglandin in it, which is kind of debatable in serums because some people have like a lot of sensitivities to that hormone, but so yeah, it's, it's good stuff and really good timing for them. Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask you about social media because you're really, really good at it. And just how important do you feel like even just Instagram is to growing everything that you've basically done so far. And if you have any advice or if you see anything that artists have been doing, you think like, what are they missing? Like, are they missing the mark on anything?
1: I think what I see a lot of is like latching on to, to trends that, you know, might work for someone else that don't necessarily work for your business. So not really having like your feet planted firm in the ground. Like you don't really, you don't really know what you want. So you're just kind of looking at what everyone else is doing. So I think it's so important to of course, focus on social media and getting the clients, but really focusing on what do you want from your business? Like, what do you want your clients to look like? What do you want? What do you What's we need like a vision board, you know, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of people just rush into opening up a business or renting their own room and then they forget about all those other steps. And so while I think like social media is so important, I think it's also important to be versatile and to, again, like I said before, like disperse your content into as many platforms as you can.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I accidentally grew my business on Instagram. It was not intentional. It was before you could run ads. It was before people bought things on Instagram. And now that is really the main source of my customers come from Instagram. I don't think that's a good thing because if Instagram shuts down or we're not allowed to post for a week, there goes my business. So yeah. that's something that I've had to really focus on. And so as much as Instagram is everything, it's not. There are a ton of other ways to to get your business out there, to get your, you know, your brand out there. Pinterest is huge. Facebook is huge. You know, there's Twitter, there's a blog, there's newsletters. So diversify. Yeah um, is one of my main tips. And and then two. Creating, you know, you can either have a business or you can have a brand. Either or fine. I'm finding a lot of people are like, "But my brand, and I don't know what to do, and this and that." And I feel like it's totally okay if you just want if you want to take clients Monday through Friday, and you're booked, and you've got your little studio, and then you go home, and and you're good. That's okay. Mm-hmm. The alternative is like you're building this brand, you're building a community, you're building you know, like trust with your customers and you're launching products and you're, it's more of like a, a story. So -hmm. there's like two, really two ways to go about it. And I think either are okay. But the one thing I see too, is just people putting way too much pressure on themselves. You know, like they'll, I work with a ton of women like through zoom and they're like, you post so many, so many stories. I'm like, yeah, but I've been, I've been doing this for since, you know, 2014. And this is my full-time job now. Like I'm a, I am a content creator. That mm-hmm. doesn't need to be someone else's full-time job. Yeah. So those are my tips. Good ones. And just, and two, like you don't have to show your face, but I will say the second I showed who I was and that I was the person actually doing the dirty work, my, my business grew because people could see a face. They could connect with me. They could trust me. They could get to know me. And therefore they wanted to buy a shirt or they want to buy a shirt or they're, you know, continuing to support me through a pandemic. So if I hadn't have done that. I don't know that people would feel connected to anything that I'm selling.
0: No, I I agree. So yeah, my sister-in-law, she has like a clothing boutique for like a women's clothes and she just started doing like a lot of lives and like live sales and, yeah. and people like love her. Like they just eat her up, like just love seeing her and support every. They buy everything. And, yeah, and that's it's because they see her and they can connect with her. Exactly. It's like, you want, you want to help you, you want to connect with brands that you're giving your money to. Like you want to you like,
1: you genuinely want them to do well and you want to support them. You want to give them your money. So, absolutely. um, absolutely. You yeah. know, like I want to, especially for lash artists, like they're either your clients are coming to you because they like you. Mm-hmm. Of course they like your lash lashes, but quite honestly, my clients stuck with me because they, we were friends, we were mm-hmm. connected and, and I did great lash work, but that's not why they stuck with me. So yeah. it's the same thing, you know, for selling something online. I feel like it's like, you're far more likely to buy something from someone that you know, or that you trust. Um, so I think that that's, that's another tip that I know a lot of people are, are, uh, uncomfortable doing, but I say, why don't we take over and be these influencers in quotes and as opposed yeah. to people that are influencing that, that don't have any, any professional, expertise, you know, and what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. We have so much to offer our clients and other people. So I just, I, I keep pushing more of my clients. and like, put, show your face on Instagram. People, people will appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So lastly, just, uh, do you have anything like new and exciting going on with either the podcast or Dear Lash Love?
1: I'm actually, I've been working on a new product item. I don't really know what to call it. I guess a new arrival uh, since last year. And it got finalized like when we, when Corona hit. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty wild. And it's something that I'm really excited about. I've been working on for a long, a long time. And so I don't know, I don't have a schedule for it, but it might be coming out when this podcast is live. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I've worked really hard on I, it's, it's a custom piece and it's going to be really great for lash artists. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to, to share it and to get it out there. So it's, yeah, it's been a long time coming. I mean, I was doing shirts for forever and I was like, I want to add something else to the site that, that lash artists can use too. So it's not, it's not tweezers and it's not lashes. It's nothing like that. It's something that's goes more with my branding, but Hopefully, I mean, hopefully it'll be out once, once this goes live, if not go to my website and, um, you know, or email me or something to, to find out how you can get first dibs on this new thing.
0: Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and you gave some really good tips. So I'm sure the listeners will really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I know we've been trying to do this for <laughs> years, so. I know. I'm, I'm glad we could lock each other down. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Awesome. All right, you guys. Well, that is all I have for today's episode. Again, if you want to use Lorena's code to save 25% on Lash Boss Conference, it is L-O-R-E-N-A. If you'd like to shop Dear Lash Love, you can go to lashloveapparel.com and also check her out on Instagram at Dear Lash Love. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll be back very soon with the next episode.